Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Beautiful Game Podcast. I am your host, Dimitri Apostle. Uh, this is our first episode, so bear with me. I'm going to do a quick intro, and then we'll get into the good stuff. So um, I used to play soccer back in the day, Olympic Development Program in the United States. Um, I also played overseas for a brief period of time. Um, I coached soccer at almost every level, refereed at almost every level. Now I have a son who plays soccer in the U.S. Development Academy. Kind of come full circle for me, so... Uh, interesting stuff. I am a huge Barcelona fan, so we are going to talk about Barca on almost every episode, so just deal with it. So anyway, looking forward to it, and uh, thanks for joining. All right, first subject, Champions League final. Real Madrid, Liverpool. Let's talk about this for a minute. We can't start talking about this without talking about Ramos. So it was... Definitely um, something he was trying to do. He was trying to pull down Salah. Was he trying to injure him and take him out of the game? I don't know. Um, Part of me says yes. Part of me says he was just trying to do Ramos stuff, take him down, hope for a, a small injury, get psychological in his head. I mean... It's just, it, he's got such a track record. This is just kind of who he is, what he does. Again, watching, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid, the El Clasicos, I mean, taking Messi's legs out, the things that he does on the pitch is just, you know, you can't help but wonder do I think it was intentional? Do I think he was trying to take him down? For sure. He was absolutely trying to take him down. Was he trying to separate his shoulder? I, I don't think he was quite that sinister. However, um, this again is just the dark arts. This is what Ramos does. Um, you know, you can't see it in real time. Was it a bookable offense? Not really because you couldn't see it. Um, so it was just really unfortunate, um, that this had to happen. Salah had worked so hard all season, had an amazing season, um, in league play, in cup play. And to see it just kind of end like this for him was really, really difficult. So, Again, did he do it on purpose? For sure. Did he mean to take his shoulder and, and just completely annihilate him the way he did? I, I think it was unfortunate for Salah. But again, um, I think that someone has to just say, you know what, Ramos, you need to dial it back. We're going to be watching you closely. What he did to Quadrado last year, faked a, you know, Quadrado stepping on his foot. Quadrado gets a red card. No ramifications Nothing happened with Ramos. I'm not really sure how that happens. So I think that after the game, someone needs to be reviewing this footage and and exacting some kind of punishment because you can't just let him get away with this because he's going to keep doing it. Um, So anyway, couldn't couldn't go without talking about Ramos. So there was another injury, um, probably not quite as severe to the team and definitely wasn't in this case, was Carvajal. and whatever he was doing with his back heel, it, it, I don't even know the extent of his injury. Um, obviously, it's enough to take him out of that game. And apparently, uh, it might take him out for the World Cup, I'm hearing, um, which is, you know, bittersweet. I feel bad for him, you know, from a, another, you know, player to another. That's, that's a tough thing to deal with. You've been looking forward to the World Cup, and now you had a freak injury and, and you might miss it. However, Sergio Roberto, uh, Barcelona La Masia product, um, might just slip in and take his spot. So um, unfortunate for Carvajal, but would be very happy for uh, Roberto, as I think that actually he is deserving of being on that squad. Uh, But back to the Carvajal injury, Nacho steps in, 
picks up the slack. Really, it may have been a slight upgrade. Carvajal was having an off game. I think Nacho came in and did a really nice job for Real. Uh, so, unfortunate again in a big game like that to, to, to lose two marquee players on the team. But um, next, we do have to talk about Karius. That was an absolute... I've never seen a goalkeeper make those kinds of mistakes, especially on that stage. And, I mean, Karius won this spot over Mignolet, and I think he's deserved of being the number one at Liverpool, but he completely just imploded. I, I lost his mind. I don't know. what I mean, that first goal that bends him ahead, that's goalkeeping one-on-one. You look around. You make sure there's not someone standing right in front of you and throw the ball at his feet. That was such a gift, and that was such actually, after losing Salah, that was just another you know deflating moment for Liverpool. And I think the Salah, after Salah had left the game, that was, you know, shots on goal. Um, in that final third, they were, they were just not the same team. And then for that to happen, it just, that, that game was over at that point. Um, so, I'm, again, that was mistake one. Never quite seen anything like that. Uh, certainly not in Champions League uh, final stage. And then the shot from Bale. And I get that it was it was 35 yards out. It was dipping. It was moving. It was bending. Um, he didn't. Even, I saw it so many times, and I'm not quite sure how he made such a. Uh, he just took his eyes off the ball. I just I, I can't imagine that ball dipped at the last second for him to miss it that badly. I just really poor again. Um, and I think maybe that first mistake already got into his head. Every time actually the you know he touched the ball in the back. Uh, Liverpool fans were were whistling him, and I think goalkeepers they're, they're very fragile. And I just think that you know if you're going to support your team, it probably whistling your keeper um, when he has the balls at his feet, and then when he's just playing, it's just so psychological. You can't do that. And I know you're upset, but man, you just gotta you know you just gotta deal with and understand that you know doing that isn't going to help your player. It might help you. It's not going to help your team win the game. But again, two really crazy, unfortunate, insane mistakes by a goalie. Um, basically just gifted that game to Real. Um, they were, you know, the more deserved side for sure. Had Salah stayed in, who knows? But at the end of the day, um, and I'm, I'm really having a hard time saying this as a Barca fan, but they, they did deserve that, that win for sure. Um, let's talk about Bale. So I think, um, you know, after the game, the comments he made about his future, he wants to play every week, 100% agree. And the fact that Benzema starts over Bale is absolute craziness to me. And I know that it's more uh, 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 a spot for Isco and Bale and those two, you know, what kind of what kind of game plan they're going to have. But man, that pace of Bale, his finishing prowess, I just, I, I Benzema... Is, has scored five goals this year, I think. It's just been, it's been horrible. So I just, I, I, and I hate to say it, but I mean, is it, is it because he's French and because Zidane wants to be, you know, loyal to, a, uh, to his, his statesman? I'm not sure. I hope not. Um, but I really can't see any other reason why you wouldn't start Bale over Benzema. He hasn't really done anything. Um, he just, he disappears in games. So I do feel for Bale. I think he's gone. I think he's going to Man U. Um, or yeah, he's he's got to go to another big club and and get out of there and be a consistent player. I heard Bayern Munich was an option. Lewandowski. There's some some uh, 
you know, some question there whether or not he's going to be there. But I think Bale would be good anywhere he goes. Um, he's, a, he's a difference maker. He's an impact player. I really like him. Um, and I'd like to see him get regular playing time and a fair shake. And then Ronaldo after the game, because he had a terrible game, and of course he has to make it about himself, uh, alluded to his future at the club. It was, you know, it's murky. I, you know, I, Ronaldo is just, I think that deep down he's, he's, he's got a good heart. I really believe that. Uh, but the things he does and the things he says, he's either really, really insecure or like, completely not lucid like he just isn't he's just not right upstairs where he has to be the center of attention and I just I just can't I mean I'm I'm glad I'm not a Real Madrid fan have to deal with that you know I I just you know he he just he 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 wears me down with his antics the way he yells at his teammates in the field if he doesn't get his ball so I just you know, if he leaves the club, which I th- probably think he should, um, I think his time, you know, as being a top flight player, I think is kind of, um, he's, he's started to head down, down slope from here. And I think that, um, you know, if I were Perez, I would probably uh, be fine with letting him go. I know he wants a big uh, a raise on his contract. And I mean, if I were the club, I wouldn't do it. But uh, they did give Benzema a big uh, new contract last year. So crazier things will happen. Last thing I want to talk about with Champions League is Real Madrid, a dynasty. Um, unfortunately, again, I'm going to have to say yes. Um, they were very spotty in, in, in league play this year with La Liga. Um, but, I mean, to, to win three Champions Leagues in a uh, three Champions League finals in three years is insane, incredibly difficult. Were they very fortunate this year with some of the results and some of the things that happened on the pitch? Yes, absolutely. But you don't win three in a row by being lucky. They have been a dynasty. They are a dynasty. Uh, kudos to the to the team. Um, they do deserve uh, the trophy and everything that goes along with that. So I will leave it at that as I will uh, vomit in my mouth just a little bit after talking about Real Madrid that long. And so to recoup and recover, we're going to talk about Barcelona next. Stick with me. All right, we're back. Let's talk about Barcelona. Let's get to it. All right, so we do need to reinforce, and um, we do need to get rid of some, some dead weight. So let's talk about who we need to get first. Griezmann, do we need him? Um, I don't think we need him. Um, let, let me rephrase this. We need him. Unfortunately, there's a man named Luis Suarez who occupies that position, who happens to be Messi's best friend. And um, I mean, I, I just don't know where they're going to put him. You've got Dembele, you've got Messi, you've got Suarez, you've got Coutinho. Where where are we going to put Griezmann? I mean, I'd like to just take Luis out there and just put Griezmann in and slot him in because right now the way Suarez is playing, it's just you know he he's he's he he doesn't seem to have the fitness. Um, yeah, he finished you know well this season, but I mean he also missed a ton. I mean Messi just put stuff on a silver platter for him. I mean, the amount of opportunities he had relative to what he was scoring, um, I just, you know, he wasn't very efficient. Um, Griezmann is a phenomenal player playing on a, on a great team, a great Atletico Madrid team. But if, could you imagine what he would do with a team like Barcelona behind him, more attacking style football? I, th- I really think that he would be a huge compliment to the team. I just don't understand if you're going to keep Suarez, why you would bring Griezmann in? Because 
you know, Dembali is a 19, almost 20 year old kid. And if you're, you can't loan him out. Um, the only other option is to sell him. And he is such an explosive player. Is he a Barca style player? No, not yet. Not really, but he's 19. Okay. We have time to, to mold him, to kind of get him to understand our DNA. But I mean, just, I just don't understand the, what the what the uh, what the board is thinking. Um, if you're not going to get rid of of Suarez, I mean, you can't. I don't. I don't think getting rid of Dembale is smart. He's he's a future, um, you know, superstar. Um, I think we can mold him, uh, get him in a good place. Uh, so I really think that yeah, bringing Griezmann in would be beautiful. But you got to get rid of Suarez. That's the only way you can make that work. Um, and then we do need to reinforce our midfield. So. Um, Alaba has been tossed around. Erickson has been tossed around. And if I were to pick between the two of those, I would pick Erickson all day long. And I know that some people will say, you know, Alaba has more of the Barcelona style to him. But man, I just, I love watching Erickson play. I think he's young. He's smart. Um, I think he would fit in really, really well. And I think he'd orchestrate really well. I think he has some of the attributes that Iniesta has. His, you know, his passing game is, is wonderful. His decisions are incredible. Um, is he going to beat a guy one-on-one like Iniesta? Probably not. Um, he's more of a Pjanic style player where um, he makes those great passes. He makes great decisions. Um, he's an impact player without having to take a guy one-on-one and, and have him, you know, um, you know, beat the guy one on one every time. I just—he's not that type of player, but I really think he would fit our DNA. I would love to have him. Um, from from what I've been reading and seeing, he wants to come. Um, he's you know he's he's hoping I think that he gets an offer from us, and I really believe that uh, he would really fortify our our midfield, and I think he'd be a really strong number ten. Um, and and I I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, Munir. I think we need to bring him back from Alaves. He's on loan. He's going to come back. I think we need to actually bring him in. Um, we need to get rid of, you know, Vidal. We need to get rid of Paco Alcacer. There's going to be some opportunity for Munir to play, and he's only 22 years old. So I think bringing him back into the fold instead of selling him, we're loaning him out again. I think he had a great season for Alaves, and I think him coming back to Barca, um, getting that experience, and then also playing um, as a sub, he's going to be happy coming in as a sub that's that's the tough thing about buying some of these players like Paco Alcacer he he wants regular football you know he's a little bit older now he's 24 almost 25 he you know his his development years are a little bit behind him and now he's he wants to be in that regular football where we need to bring in and this is gonna bring me to my next subject you know Munir back get him get him acclimated to to uh, the Barca way maybe we give him a year this year is kind of the real trial period he's he's had a lot of time to develop. He went out on loan. He had a really good spell. He comes back, and if he doesn't produce enough to, to be part of Barca, then, then maybe you sell him. But I think we need to bring him back. Um, and that also brings me back to you know who we got to get rid of. Gomes, he's gone anyway. Vidal, Dina. Unfortunately, I, and I like Dina. I really thought he was going to be a strong, you know, some t- eventually take over uh, for Jordi Alba, give him a break once in a while. He just he just doesn't have that same acumen. Um, you know, Alba does a great job of getting forward, um, getting up and in, in, into that final third as a wing back. And Dina just he doesn't have the speed. Um, he doesn't have the the um, the awareness on the field that. Al- uh, 
Jordi Alba has. So we do need to kind of get rid of him. Rafinha, I think Rafinha's great. I really do. He's just not good enough to play in our midfield. I think that he looked great with Inter this year. They want to buy him. He wants to stay. Um, so I think they're going to make a deal happen there. So, I mean, does he need to go? He does. And I say that just really you know, in a tough way because I really like the kid and I think he's a good player. He's just not quite good enough to play, um, you know, for Barca. De La Feu, he's gone. That was just, I, I was a little shocked when they brought him back. I didn't feel like he really fit our style. Um, I did watch him play for Watford and I thought he played phenomenal. So I think that he fits, you know, if he would have stayed at Everton or now he's going to Watford and apparently he likes it there and he wants to stay. So he fits the Premier League style of play. Um, it's a little bit faster. Um, he can come off that wing um, on, you know, different runs. And I just feel like, you know, um, the Barca style, a little bit slower, um, different type of a buildup. I think that, you know, the Premier League and, and specifically apparently Watford right now for him is good. So he wants to leave. Barca wants him to leave. So I think that's good. Uh, Paulinho, I think he was good for a season. Uh, he might be good for one more season until we kind of transition our midfield. He's not He's not the typical Barcelona player. Um, I do like him. I think he brings an intensity to the game. However, I do think that um, we need a different type of a player in that position. Um, and... I mean that's that's pretty much it, and I and I'm going to leave it on Suarez. I not Dennis Suarez. I love Dennis. I think he should stay. I think he's still got time to develop. I'm talking about Luis Suarez. I think that we do need to get rid of him. He's on the downslope. I just think that um, someone's just got to sit down with Messi and just be real with him and just say, listen, this is the thing. If Luis stays, I mean he's an expensive player to have that comes off the bench in the 60th minute, but. You know, that's kind of where he is, I think, in his stage of his career. I think we just need to sell him and get as much money out of him before he really, really takes a dive. So, um, and, and the one thing that I think that, that I don't see a lot of people talking about, I see it online on Twitter a little bit, but, you know, we're not doing anything with La Masia graduates. Um, you know, we've got Alinea, we've got Busquets, who's not related to Sergio, by the way. Uh, we've got Arnaz. We've got three really strong players that I think are. it's time to start transitioning them to the first team. They don't have to play, you know, in the games, you know, all that often, but they can rotate in and out once in a while. They can come in towards the end of games. But to get that first team training, I think, is vital for these kids. And, you know, we can't just be selling. I mean, look at Tiago went to, you know, to... Um, to Bayern. I mean, we can't just sell these players off. I think we need to to keep them and to develop them. I mean, this is this has been the backbone of our club, and I somehow along the way we we lost we lost it. So I think that needs to be a priority, and I think the board needs to say, you know what, we're not going to buy a you know a Paco, a, a Ali Fidal. We're not going to buy these guys. We've got guys with the same or more quality or more potential at least, you know, right in the club already. Why don't you just grab those kids out? Throw them in the first team once in a while. They'll probably play as much as Vidal or, you know, uh, Alcacer or Gomes. And, and at least they, they have the, the opportunity to develop. Um, and that'll just fortify our, our program. Because if, if kids are coming in and they know they got a real shot at playing on the, on the, on the first team, then they're going to they're gonna want to come to Barcelona. But if, we, if they know they're coming here for training and then they're, they've got very, very few opportunities to actually play on the Barca first team, then, then why even come? You know, I mean, I just, I really think that we need to refocus, recalibrate, and understand what made our club great, La Masia, and get back to our roots. 
All right, there's my rant. So um, we've got one segment left. It's World Cup. Stick with me. All right, boys and girls, World Cup. I am going to ask myself (laughs) three questions, and then I will answer them, and then we'll get out of here. So I appreciate everybody listening today on my first podcast. So again, working through um, any feedback that you can provide for me would be phenomenal. But uh, but again, let's I digress. Let's go World Cup. Who is going to win the World Cup this year? Well, I truly believe that Spain is going to win it. I know that uh, Germany is a favorite, um, but I really, 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 Brazil looks great. But I just, there's something about the way Spain plays right now, and I think they've got just too strong of a team. Um, I'd love to see NES to go out on top. So I'm, I'm going to pull, I'm going to say it, it's going to be Spain. Um, biggest disappointment, it's got to be Argentina. They are I I don't know how they're ranked in the top like 7 FIFA. I mean, I has anyone been watching them play? They they look disjointed. Um Messi can only do so much with the what he has around him and I just I mean, this is just it's unfortunate, but that team is not it's not what it used to be. Um I I don't see them I don't see them doing very well at all to be honest with you. I will be shocked. Um to see them get past uh, the second stages, and I just—it's unfortunate because I'd love to see Messi get a World Cup, you know. And I actually know a lot of people from Argentina. I actually have clients from Argentina, and he's not really a fan favorite. Um, you know, he, he left to go to Spain at a really young age. So if he won a World Cup, I think that would just everyone would just forget that. And I think that it would be such a legacy for him. For me, he's the best player that's ever played. But they're going to be a huge disappointment in this World Cup. But I'll be, I'll be rooting for him. The Dark Horse. I'm going to say it's England. Um, I like, I like, I actually like their, their, their under-21s. I think their youth coming up is, is ridiculous. They look, they look nothing like what we've been used to seeing um, England. Very quick, very dynamic, direct, um, just explosive. I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the next four years. But this one, I think, is a, is going to be a, an indicator. I think Raheem Sterling has shown Im- incredible progress this year on a Guardiola. Um, I think that I think they're going to be a dark horse. I think people will think that they're going to be fine. They're going to be an average England, you know, English side. But I think this year they're actually going to show something. Um, and I and I like I like how they how they look. I like their style. I like. I just I think they're going to be um, a team that that people are are going to be a bit surprised by, but um, that's just my quick two cents on it. Uh, we'll talk more World Cup in the next episode. I just want to leave you with a bit of a taste. But again, thanks for listening. Had a great time today, and uh, cheers. <laughs>